Euzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumme allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'na bima 'allamtana ve zidna ilmen nafi'a. Esselamu aleykum ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuhu. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. In this episode, inshallah, we will continue reading from the second station of the 14th Lama. We are reading the book, the words. We read the first word and because of the relevance of its content, uh, Bediüzzaman Said Nursi, Ustad Nursi, had placed the second station of the 14th flash which actually belongs to the book the flashes here right after the first word it is about bismillahir rahmanir rahim basmala the expression that we muslims say at the beginning of all all actions at the beginning of everything and we believe that good comes from our acts when we start with Bismillah, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, the merciful, the compassionate. The second station of the 14th flash is about secrets of Bismillah, about the precious meanings that are contained in this uh, succinct phrase in the name of God, the merciful, the compassionate. But Ustad uh, Nursi says at the beginning of this treaties that some of the secrets of the Basmele uh, were shown to him in the form of a light and he tried to capture it with 30 or so secrets and he was able to articulate uh, you know five or six of them we are reading the third one uh, we read somewhat uh, halfway through it and inshallah we will continue from where we left if this is the only episode of the Reflections on the Risale-i-Nur by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series that you are listening to, it would make more sense for you to go to go to the reflections-rn.org website and listen from the beginning, inshallah. We left by reading the translation of a paragraph but we did not go through it in detail. Inshallah, now we will continue from there by rereading this paragraph and its uh, translation and trying to think about it together. Bismillah. Evet, şems ve kameri, anasır ve maadini, nebatat ve hayvanatı, bir nakşı azamın atkı ipleri gibi o bin bir isimlerin şualarıyla tanzim eden, ve hayata hadim eden ve nebati ve hayvani olan umum validelerin gayet şirin ve fedakarane şefkatleriyle şefkatini gösteren ve zevil hayatı hayatı insaniyeye musahhar eden ve ondan rububiyeti ilahiyenin gayet güzel ve şirin bir nakş azamını ve insanın ehemmiyetini gösteren ve en parlak rahmetini izhar eden o Rahman-ı Zülcemal elbette kendi istiğnai mutlakına karşı Rahmetini ihtiyacı mutlak içindeki zihayata ve insana makbul bir şefaatçi yapmış. Okay, let's uh, begin reading the translation. Yes, the beauteous, all-merciful one, 
Rahmanu Zülcelal The merciful one who possesses beauty The all-beautiful, all-merciful one God Who orders the sun and the moon The elements and the minerals The plants and the animals Like the warp and weft of a vast woven tapestry Through the rays of his thousand and one names And causes them to serve life So let's try to understand this The merciful one full of beauty Ustad Nursi never uses a word just for poetic reasons, just to fill in. He is very precise and his choices of words are full of wisdom. So if he refers to the merciful one, full of beauty, that means that there is some connection, there is some significance in the choice of the names of God that he is referring to. So let's Keep this in mind and continue reading. The All-Merciful, All-Beautiful One, Rahman Zul-Jamal, who orders the sun and moon, the elements and minerals. Orders here means, does not mean commands, but rather uh, organizes them, creates them, administers them, causes them to fulfill their functions, sustains them and causes them to fulfill their functions. Who orders the sun and moon, the elements and minerals, the plants and animals, i.e. everything, from the uh, you know most visible objects of the firmament, this the, the heavens, to the tiniest elements and minerals that are the raw material in the making of you know all else. And then plants and animals, there's a reference to animate beings. Everything, living, non-living, big, small, particular, general, all included. He is the one who creates them, sustains them, causes them to fulfill their functions. Like what? Like the warp and weft of a vast woven tapestry through the rays of his thousand and one names. God has innumerable. The names of God's God are innumerable, infinite. He has infinite number of names. But we can know some of them. Some of them he taught us in the Quran. And we know we tend to know them in the you know tradition as the ninety nine beautiful, most beautiful names of God. Then there are uh, other sources that increase this number to 1000, 1001, uh, the famous dua that uh, is narrated to have been uh, brought to the Prophet وسلم, uh, by Jibreel during the Battle of Uhud contains a thousand and one names of God. So, again, this is not just poetic, it, it, it has a foundation. So, warp and weft of a vast woven tapestry through the rays of his thousand and one names so we need to understand this this is at the foundation of um, or this is one of the things at the foundation of Ustad Nursi's uh, observation of the universe and in general in the in the in the tradition of Islam 
we believe that the objects that we see around ourselves all happenings of life are or all happenings of life manifest God's beautiful names there is nothing in existence that is not a creation of God of course other than God he is the necessarily existent one and everything else depends on him for their existence and because everything else are created by him they reveal they manifest they show his attributes if you think of a you know beautifully crafted desk for instance you look at the desk and it's flat on top and let's assume that this was handmade it was not made by a machine right it's perfectly smooth and flat on top you can touch your hand and feel the smoothness and say that the carpenter that made this desk was a skilled person and then you can look and see that the legs are level and you can say that this carpenter also had a good understanding of math or had good skills in using rulers so that he was and other gadgets like a level so that he was able to make the desk all level and then you can look and you can see that the uh, say the edges of the, the top of the desk are beautifully ornamented it is um, carved there are nice designs there are flowers and you know leaves and whatnot it's beautiful you look at it and you feel beauty so you can say that this person the carpenter had a good sense of beauty and he was also skilled in giving shape to wood and so on and so forth you can just look at the desk and tell lots of things about the carpenter because the the desk manifests the attributes the skills the capacities of the carpenter in the same way everything in creation manifests God's names and attributes so if you look at the uh, a, a tree let's say a pine tree a, a you know very high pine tree and although it is so high it is firm in place its uh, stump its body is very firm and you can understand from that that the one who created this tree is firm has the attribute of being firm and knows how to make things firm and then you look and you see that the tree is being sustained in existence so you can know that the one who created it is also the sustainer and can sustain and you look and see that the tree needs nutrition and it is being provided for so that you know that the one who owns this tree is also providing it he is the provider and you can see that the tree is beautiful one who does not have beauty cannot give beauty therefore you know that the tree is created by one who is beautiful so everything in creation in this way manifests the beautiful names of God and they are the um, as Norsi says here are, are like the warp and weft of a vast woven tapestry because all of those names are coming together and 
joining in an embroidery like the warp and weft like the warp and weft like they are joining in an embroidery and then you see the beautiful design of the embroidery with the through the combination if you will of these beautiful names so the one the beauteous or the merciful the beautiful one who orders the sun and moon the elements and minerals plants and animals that's everything like the warp and weft of a vast woven tapestry through the rays of his thousand and one names and causes them to serve life so next step and remember we started with the the merciful and the beautiful right? he creates all these objects and they manifest his names and he causes them to serve life all of them so if you remember uh, our earlier readings in this uh, treatise we said that humans are the fruits of creation right and there is an order uh, of let's say priority in creation on top as the fruit is humans and then animate beings and inanimate beings animals first and then plants and then minerals right so the more you add to the attributes of a an object the higher its priority is going to be in the creation humans are on top because they have the highest number of attributes everything manifests uh, God's names but humans manifest the most at the at the utmost the most number of names in the most visible way and because of this the in the tradition they say that each object each uh, think in existence uh, has a name an attribute of God that is dominant in it or on it that is most manifest in it and for humans they say the name that is most manifest is Al-Jami the one that compiles that gathers that brings together because all the names are brought together in humans uh, so there is this priority and those that are lower in the in the uh, chain of in the hierarchy of priority serve those that are higher up how minerals inanimate objects serve animate objects animate objects need these minerals and those minerals move toward let's say through uh, with with water right and then they dissolve in water and move to the roots of plants right and then plants uh living objects but without uh without consciousness right plants serve animals and minerals serve animals too and minerals and plants serve animals and then minerals and animals uh, uh, sorry minerals and plants and animals together serve humans now the secret here is that minerals inanimate objects the sun and the moon and the earth and the planet earth or carbon and nitrogen and oxygen and hydrogen and so on and so forth none of these if we think of them in insulation in a nutshell let's say 
by themselves. If we assume that they exist by themselves, none of them are obliged to serve animate beings or none of them have the thinking, consciousness, willpower, intelligence, uh, put them all together, ability to serve plants or animate beings. If they don't have any of these, if they don't have the capacity to serve, to help, to support animate beings, then we know that there is one out there who is subjugating them, who is mobilizing them to serve the animate beings. Now, the animate beings need the, the minerals for their existence. Then we know that this mobilization, this subjugation is in response to a need. And therefore, there is mercy on in it. Mercy, a way to think about it, is to see the neediness of something in the creation and to be moved by that and to help as a result to do something in order to uh, alleviate the neediness of that thing in the creation so again the one the merciful the beautiful one so we we know the merciful part right and beautiful because there's beauty in this and also the support that is being given to those that are in need in the creation is not being given in a rough in rushed way it is being beautifully done there is beauty wherever you turn in the creation so the all merciful one who is possessor who is the possessor of beauty who orders the sun and moon the elements and minerals plants and animals like the warp and weft of a vast woven tapestry through the rays of his thousand and one names and causes them to serve life and demonstrates his compassion through the exceedingly sweet and self-sacrificing compassion of all mothers he puts these signs in the creation that direct us, that guide us to him. If we see compassion in the mothers, as the Prophet said in one hadith, in one tradition, that is only and only a part, a small part of his compassion that he blessed the creation with. And when you see that compassion in the creation, you can understand that he is compassionate too. The only caveat that we need to have here, the only caution that we need to have here is that what we see in the creation mirrors him. The compassion we see in the creation in, say in the, among mothers mirrors his compassion, but we don't try to measure him compassion, his uh, compassion with that. We cannot. His attributes are absolute, infinite, absolute. Causes them to serve life and demonstrates his compassion through the exceedingly sweet and self-sacrificing self compassion of all mothers, plant and animal, and subjugates animate creatures to human life, subjugates minerals to animate beings and animate 
creatures to human life. Remember the priority list, the hierarchy that that humans are the fruit of creation, and from this, from this, he demonstrates man's importance and a most fine and lovely large tapestry of divine lordship. Dominicality is in the translation, but I like the word lordship more. And manifests his most brilliant, most bright mercy. So the one who does all of these has in the face of his own absolute lack of need made his mercy an acceptable intercessor for animate creatures and humans. So we need to understand this sentence well. He is Ghani. He is Samad. God is the rich. God is the one who needs nothing but everything else needs him. His istirna, his not needing anything, is absolute. He does not need the animate beings. He does not need humans. Therefore, we can conclude, as we did before, that his will to mobilize and subjugate animate beings, animals and plants and minerals to humans or minerals to plants, minerals and plants to animals and plants, minerals and animals to humans, this act of subjugation, this act of fulfilling the needs of those who are needy is not because he needs those who are needy. He is not expecting. This is not because he is in, in a state of expectation from them. You know, you can greet the your neighbor because you may hope that the following day you are going to ask for some loan from your neighbor and your neighbor will give you and therefore you are smiling to your neighbor today. Hopefully this is not what we do but it is a possibility. So sometimes we show um, politeness or in this case we show mercy because we expect some. No, that's not the case. God is Rani and Slomet. God does not need anything. right? Now, if he turned to us, to humans, to animals, to plants, to the creation, but this is most visible uh, among humans because, as we read in the first word, uh, in the first word, humans are the most needy. If he turned to us with his istirna, with his richness, with his not needing anything if this was the um, primary underlying mode that he treated us with then we would be in a very difficult situation because he does not need to give us anything he does not need to subjugate anything for humans or for animals or for plants or for anything he does not need to do that right but the neediness is there we are needy animals are needy plants are needy minerals are needy and you know, as a side important side note the the higher 
a creator's rank is in that priority or hierarchy, the more needy it is, or he is, or she is. And there's a secret in this. Again, as we read in the first word, uh, this neediness is what connects uh, creatures to the creator. And the stronger the connection is, the higher the priority, the higher the rank in the hierarchy. So, God has made his mercy an intercessor before his istighna, before his absolute lack of need, and through the acceptance of this intercession, because it is an acceptable intercessor, it is his mercy, he is mobilizing everything for the support, for the aid, for the benefit of everything else in the creation, and this is most visible when we look at humans. He is mobilizing inanimate beings, plants and animals for humans. Elsewhere, Ustad Nursi uh, infers from this, for instance, in, again as a side note, but something that might help us understand the concepts better. Uh, you know, why do we wear clothes that are made of plants and sometimes animal products? And he says that this is a sign of this subjugation. It's not only uh, it's not only to cover, or it's not only to uh, protect from cold, because you know there are lots of animals out there who are covered and who are protected from cold by their fur, by their feathers, in other ways. Humans, on the other hand are created in a state of absolute, um, if this is the right term, nakedness. We don't have a cover. We have to cover ourselves by getting fiber from animals and plants and weaving it into fabric and then sewing uh, garments out of them. Right. So this is both a need but also a sign of the subjugation. Of everything to humans so let's read this uh, one more time because uh, it's a long sentence a paragraph long sentence it might be difficult to keep all of it in mind uh, let's read it one more time inshallah it will become uh, clear and gradually settle in our hearts it does not it may not become clear right away it will over time and it may become clear but may not settle in our hearts and that's worse. But inshallah, over time, it will settle in our hearts. It will become a part of our faith, inshallah. The all-merciful possessor of beauty, who orders the sun and moon, the elements and minerals, plants and animals, like the warp and weft of a vast woven tapestry through the, ray, through the rays of his thousand and one names, and who causes them to serve life and demonstrates his compassion through the exceedingly sweet and self-sacrificing compassion of all mothers, plant and animal, and subjugates animate creatures to human life, and from this demonstrates man's importance and a most fine and lovely large tapestry of divine 
lordship and manifests his most brilliant mercy has in the face of his own absolute lack of need made his mercy an acceptable intercessor for animate creatures and men. Ey insan, eğer insan isen Bismillahirrahmanirrahim de o şefaatçiyi bul. Then, the outcome of this, O man, if you are truly human, say, in the name of God, the merciful, the compassionate, say, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, in the name of God, the merciful, the mercy giver, find that intercessor, find that intercessor if you are a true human being say bismillahirrahmanirrahim and find that intercessor so each time we say bismillahirrahmanirrahim this is again the secret here right each time we say bismillahirrahmanirrahim we are connecting to that intercessor and that intercessor is our means and only means our gateway and the only gateway to fulfilling our needs and we are absolutely needy we are in need of everything and left to our own means we do not have any power to procure any of our, our needs or to fend off any of our enemies therefore we need we are absolutely in need of that intercessor and the secret the key that opens the gates of that intercessor is Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Find that intercessor. Evet, zeminde 400 bin muhtelif ayrı ayrı nebatatın ve hayvanatın taifelerini hiçbirini unutmayarak, şaşırmayarak, vakti vaktine kemal intizam ile, hikmet ve inayet ile terbiye ve idare eden ve küreyi arzın simasında hatem-i ehadiyeti vaz eden, bilbedahe, belki bilmüşahide rahmettir ve o rahmetin vücudu, bu küre-i arzın simasındaki mevcudatın vücutları kadar katiye olduğu gibi o mevcudat adedince tahakkukunun delilleri var. For sure, it is clearly, self-evidently divine mercy that without forgetting or confusing any of them raises, nurtures and administers the 400,000 different plant and animal species on the earth at precisely the right time. Now, 400,000 here refers to uh, the, the scientific knowledge that was in existence, extant at the time of uh, Ustad Nursi. The biologist said at that time that there were something like 400,000 different plant and animal species on the face of Earth. Now we know that the number is much higher, and this is fine. This is fine. Bedouzaman Said Nursi was referring to the uh you know best possible estimate at this time and now that the number is higher all the better and administers the 400,000 different plant and animal species on the earth at precisely the right time and with perfect order wisdom and wisdom and beneficence and stamps the seal of divine oneness on the face of the globe of the earth when Ustad Nursi says divine oneness uh, in, in Turkish, in the original, what he says is ahadiyyat, zikke ahadiyyat. So that 
all of his names concentrate in each and every object like the tapestry like the waft and and uh, warp and weft of a uh, tapestry right that they all concentrated they come the rays come from all different sides and join together are combined on one embroidery on one design divine oneness ahadiyat find that intercessor for sure it is clearly self-evidently divine mercy which without forgetting or confusing any of them raises nurtures and administers the 400,000 different plant and animal species on the earth at precisely the right time and with perfect order, wisdom and beneficence. And from this we see that he stamps the seal of divine oneness on the face of the globe of the earth. So what does this mean? Um, let's let's uh, think of it. Sheep uh, give birth at springtime, right? And when they give birth, they need the most amount of milk in order to uh, provide nutrition for their babies, for the lamb. Which means that they need to eat the most. And that is when the, the, the herbs start to come out of the earth. So the one who knows the sheep and the need of the lamb and the sheep is the one who brings out the herbs from the ground so that the sheep can eat it and provide milk to its lamb. So there is a perfect order and wisdom here. The timing is perfect. The organization is perfect. We understand this better when we uh, see the intervention of human will and which has its own wisdom. There's a, there's a you know very high, very um, mind-boggling wisdom behind this and we will inshallah understand it when we read about it in, in different places but especially in the 26th word which is about predestination qadr um, when human partial free will intervenes in the affairs of the creation it sometimes uh, ruins that order and things are known with their opposites. If we were healthy all the time and we were never sick, we would not know the value and meaning of health. So sometimes we get sick and then we understand the value of our health. right? Sometimes partial human will intervenes in the creation and ruins that order and we see the wisdom in the creation. So one example of this is it's an example that I really like. That's why I'm, uh, I would like to mention it here. Um, apparently, there was this bird species that would uh, migrate, and each year, each year at the time that they were migrating on the specific path, uh, when they came to a particular location, there was a uh, particular type of fly or some insect. I can't remember details now that would come out of their eggs so the birds come the insects come the birds have been flying a long time they they they are at the verge of uh, their exertion 
they have exerted their utmost and now they need to rest and get nutrition the insects are com coming out of their eggs and they are, re they are ready to be eaten the birds eat them now they are uh, you know they have rested and they have the nutrition that they needed they can move on continue on their path however the global warming causes changes in the timing of climate events and where the birds are initially the weather starts to warm up earlier than usual they get the sign of move to the north earlier on and they start moving to the north and they come to this location where in the past years they have always found this particular insect coming out of its eggs but the insects are not there the weather has not warmed up yet they don't have food sufficient food to, to eat and they die they die in large numbers so from this we see that there, there was there was bright brilliant mercy in effect it was providing the birds with the food that they needed at the time at the specific time that they, they would be in that location but human free will intervened uh, we have all these unusual climate events and the birds arrive at this location and there is there are no bugs for them to eat right so the, what the scientists now call this ecology right ecology is a brilliant sign of God's mercy if you know ecology it should be very hard not to believe in God and in his mercy it should be very difficult not to believe in a merciful God so everything in the creation the way they they are provided for the way that the needs of everything in the creation are fulfilled and especially the human beings especially the needs of human beings are fulfilled shows with certainty that there is mercy in action there is mercy coming from one source there is divine mercy in action and just as the existence of divine mercy is as certain as the existence of the beings on the face of the earth so too do the beings form as many evidences to its reality to the reality of divine mercy as their own number so everything altogether provides evidence for divine mercy and everything one by one each and everything is also an evidence for the existence of divine mercy if we go back to our earlier uh, discussion of the terms wahid and ahad right there is a, there is evidence in the creation to divine mercy from the point of view of the way we understood the name al-wahid and there is evidence to divine mercy from the point of view of the way we understood the name al-ahad evet zeminin yüzünde öyle bir hatemi rahmet ve sikke-i ehadiyet bulunduğu gibi insanın mahiyeti maneviyesinin simasında dahi öyle bir sikke-i rahmet vardır ki küreyi arz simasındaki sikke-i merhamet ve kainat simasındaki sikke-i uzmay rahmetten daha aşağı değil.
Yes. Like the way there is such a seal of mercy and stamp of divine oneness on the face of the earth. So also on the face of man's nature is a stamp of divine mercy which is not inferior to the stamp of compassion, mercy, and vast stamp of mercy on the face of the universe. So there is a stamp of divine mercy on the face of the earth. There is a stamp of mercy on the face of the uh, creation altogether in uh, the, the cosmos. And there is a stamp of mercy on the face of the nature of humanity. And that's not inferior to the others. That it's not inferior to the others means that it is equal or higher than others. And from this we also, uh, this we can also relate to the idea that uh, you know man is the most honorable of the creation. It's the fruit of creation. What you see, the properties that you see on a tree, you can see them on the uh, on the fruit, and on the in, in the fruit, in the in the on the seed, in the fruit. But you need to know how to see it. Today, you know, science has allowed us to see as much of that as possible. Uh, or maybe not as much as possible. Maybe there is more to it, but a lot of it. We can do DNA analysis. And we know that the, the DNA has the coding of what is to come in the tree. So you can take a seed and if you know how to read the, the DNA, you can know what the tree is going to look like and how it's going to function and what it's going to need and so on and so forth if you need it, if you, if you know it, right? So if you know how to read the heart of a human being, if you know how to read the, uh, the cumulative nature, character of humans, then you can read there a sign and the evidence and sign of mercy that mirrors the signs that you can see in the creation altogether and or the face of the earth. Adeta bin bir ismin cilvesinin bir noktayı mihrakiyesi hükmünde bir camiyeti var. It is as if man possesses a comprehensiveness like being a point of focus of a thousand and one divine names and here's uh, something got lost in translation adeta in modern Turkish is usually you know, translated as or, or understood as as if but this is more than as if it is so so man possesses a comprehensiveness like being a point of focus of a thousand and one divine names the comprehensiveness that we observe in human beings and in the human nature is the result of it being a focus of God's divine names. Ey insan! Hiç mümkün müdür ki sana bu simayı veren o simada böyle bir sikke-i rahmeti ve bir hatemi ehadiyeti vaz eden zat seni başıboş bıraksın sana ehemmiyet vermesin, senin harekatına dikkat etmesin, sana müteveccih olan bütün kainatı abes yapsın. Hilkat şeceresinin meyvesi çürük, bozuk, ehemmiyetsiz bir ağaç yapsın. 
hem hiçbir cihetle şüphe kabul etmeyen ve hiçbir veçle noksaniyeti olmayan güneş gibi zahir olan rahmetini ve ziya gibi görünen hikmetini inkar ettirsin. Haşa. Amen. This is uh, in addition to understanding the concepts that were articulated, elaborated on here. This is answering the question of so what do we do with it? Oh man, is it at all possible that the one who gives you this face, remember we were talking about the, the face of the nature of humanity, right? The, the, the seal of divine mercy on the face of human nature. The one who gives you this face, is it at all possible that the one who gives you this face and places such a stamp of mercy and seal of divine oneness on it would leave you to your own devices, attach no importance to you, pay no attention to your actions, make the whole universe which is turned towards you futile and pointless, and make the tree of creation rotten and insignificant without with decayed fruit. Would he cause to be denied his mercy, which is as obvious as the sun, and his wisdom, which is as clear as light, neither of which can in any way be doubted, nor are in any way deficient? God forbid. His mercy is clear. He has done all of this. He has turned the universe toward us. He has fulfilled all of our needs. And this shows enormous mercy. So he is concerned with us. He shows concern for us. He shows mercy to us. He sees our needs and and has his mercy as an intercessor before uh, in front of his istighna absolute absolute him not being in need of anything absolutely in need of nothing has his mercy as an intercessor before his istighna and comes to our help mobilizes the entire creation for us so there is so much that goes into the provision and sustaining and care of human beings, is it at all possible that he cares so much for us, but then he does not care for us, he does not care about us, he is not concerned about what we do, he is going to leave us alone and not provide guidance and not follow up on that? Is it at all possible? No, it is not possible. That would mean to plant a tree, to uh, you know prepare the ground, the earth for it, to plant the seed, to water it, to um, weed around it, to care for it for a long time, you know, uh, prune it, make sure that it does not get frost. Make sure that it does not dry out of the you know sun uh, heat of the sun. Make sure that it gets enough sunlight. Make sure that everything that a human being can possibly do for a tree are done. And then when the time for the fruit for the tree to give its fruits 
comes this person who has cared so for so long for this tree does not even turn around and look at the fruits just leaves them there to rot no that's not possible it's not possible for God to create all of this for nothing futile and pointless that is not possible would he cause to be denied his mercy would he put all of this in a state in which his mercy is going to be denied because the fruit is not the outcome the fruit is left to be decayed rotten his mercy is obvious as the sun his wisdom is as clear as light and neither of them can be doubted as we have seen throughout our reading of this treatise nor are they in any way deficient they are not deficient either therefore he will not have his mercy be denied he will not leave the one who has the capacity to appreciate or ignore and deny who is left between these two choices he will not leave the one who is left between these two choices that is human beings alone he is going to care for them he is caring for them he is sending them prophets he is sending them inspiration he is showing them his signs and even when we look around the signs are there we just need to look we just need to look and look with an open mind with an open heart with the tools that he has given to us in order for us to see ey insan bil ki o rahmetin aşına yetişmek için bir miraç var o miraç bismillahirrahmanirrahimdir o men know that there is a way to ascend to the throne of that mercy that divine mercy so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in his miraj in his ascension ascended to the throne of god right there's an analogy here oh man you should know or know that there is a way to the, to ascend to the throne of that mercy and that is in the name of god the merciful the mercy giver bismillahirrahmanirrahim ve bu miraj ne kadar ehemmiyetli, ehemmiyetli olduğunu anlamak istersen Kur'an-ı Mucizül Beyan'ın 114 surelerinin başlarına ve hem bütün mübarek kitaplarının ibtidalarına ve umum mübarek işlerin mebdelerine bak. And if you want to understand how important this way of ascent is Bismillahirrahmanirrahim is a way of ascension. If you want to understand how important this way of ascension is Look at the beginning of the 114 chapters of the Quran, and of course it's uh, 113, and in one of them it is in the chapter. Look at the beginnings of the chapters of the Quran, of miraculous exposition, the Quran of miraculous exposition, and look at the beginnings of all estimable books, and the beginnings of all good, blessed works. So look at them and you will see Bismillahirrahmanirrahim at the beginning of them all. So this this is an indication of its importance. Ve besmelenin azameti kadrine en kat'i bir hüccet şudur ki İmam Şafii radıyallahu anh gibi çok büyük müctehitler demişler. 
Besmele tek bir ayet olduğu halde Kur'an'da 114 defa nazil olmuştur. And a clear proof of the God-determined grandeur of in the name of God, Bismillah or Besmele, is that the very foremost Islamic scholars, scholars of Islam like Imam Shafi, may God be pleased with him, have said, Although in the name of God, the merciful, the mercy giver, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, is one verse, it was revealed 114 times in the Quran. And of course, this is a matter of uh, difference of opinion among uh, legal schools, uh, the, the Shafi'i opinion, the opinion of the Shafi'i school, Imam Shafi'i's opinion, is that Bismillahirrahmanirrahim is one verse, but it is revealed 114 times. And then you know, other schools will have different opinions about this. But what Bediüzzaman Said Nursi, Ustad Nursi is, is saying here is that that a foremost, uh, most honorable scholar of Islam, a mujtahid, and mujtahids like him, Imam Shafi, like and other mujtahids like him have said that Bismillahirrahmanirrahim is one verse of the Quran but it is revealed 114 times is also an indication of the tremendousness of the value of Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillah we finished the third secret too inshallah we will continue from the fourth secret secret in our next episode Subhanaka la ilma lana إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم وآخر الدواه من الحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة